I'm Martine Powers. This is an election update from Post Reports. What we reported is that a senior official at the Homeland Security Department has filed a whistleblower complaint in which he alleges a ongoing series of what he calls abuse of power uh, and authority by top officials at the department, including the secretary and the number two at the department. I am Shane Harris, and I cover intelligence and national security for The Washington Post. So the person who's at the center of this whistleblower complaint, Brian Murphy, remind me, who exactly is this guy? So Brian Murphy is a former FBI agent who until recently ran the intelligence office at DHS. He was removed from that post following reports that we broke that his office was compiling intelligence reports on tweets by journalists who were covering the protests. And this sparked outrage from both political (laughs) ends of the spectrum. And he was removed by the secretary of the department over this. Now, Murphy's allegations have raised a lot of concerns among people who know him and who have worked with him, who say these are valid, legitimate things to worry about, but Murphy is a flawed messenger. He has a long history of being, as they describe it, hot-headed, going his own way, defying his boss's instructions, a kind of self-righteous streak is how they describe it. There have been people who say that the morale in his office has been very low, that he's a poor manager. And he was essentially fired <laughs> over the work that his office was doing that was arguably inappropriate. So I think that you have to take that into account when you read this document that you could fairly read as score settling potentially in some way. That he has an axe to grind. Right, that he has an axe to grind. That doesn't mean his claims can't be verified. They are so specific He brought receipts, essentially, that an investigator will be able to go verify whether these are well-founded or whether they're off base. But he's aired these allegations. They've been made public. He's taking the fight public. He has a lawyer. So you got to think about his motive. But at the same time, he's laid the facts out there and they can be verified. When he says abuse of power, what does that mean? What he says is that these officials have systematically, on many occasions, try to put their thumb on the scale and pressure his intelligence office to write reports that don't actually comport with the facts and to do that in order to politically assist President Trump, Hmm. to assist him with countering narratives that Russia is trying to interfere in the election. This official, Brian Murphy, alleges that he was pressured to inflate the number of suspected terrorists crossing the border with Mexico in order to help bolster the president's case to build a border wall with Mexico. And he also says that during the recent protests, particularly in Portland, Oregon, over police violence and racial injustice, that he was told to essentially amp up the language about Antifa and anti-fascist far-left groups and their presence Mm in these protests in a way that he thought did not comport with reality, but of course would have handed President Trump a potentially useful talking point as he tries to push responsibility for those protests onto the far left and to link, importantly, Joe Biden to such groups. And according to what this whistleblower Brian Murphy is saying, when it was communicated to him that he was supposed to either obscure the things that his intelligence department was finding or to kind of amp up the language about certain things, 
How explicit was it that, you know, you need to do this because it's going to make the president look better? In one case, he was actually told, he says, by Acting Secretary of Homeland Security Chad Wolf, to stop compiling reports about Russian election interference because, quote, it would make the president look bad. Mm. So he was explicitly told there, he says, that these reports are unflattering to the president and we don't want to do them. In another instance, he says that he was also told to essentially back off reporting on Russia at the direction of Robert O'Brien, the White House National Security Council, something O'Brien has denied to us. So he says that there is a explicit link to the president in some cases. And in others, I think it was, as he describes it, just subtler. It was understood that the president was out there talking, for instance, about Antifa and the far left as being behind all of the protests. And at the same time, he's being told to modify the language in intelligence reports about those protests. And is there an indication that this was even more widespread than just things that were told to this one guy, Brian Murphy, in his office? I think so, insofar as, you know, I've talked to other sources who are familiar with what goes on in the intelligence office, and they have told me that they've also felt pressure coming down from the top. I think it probably is to their mind, filtering down through Brian Murphy, who is their boss, but Murphy is saying it's coming up from above him. And, you know, we've also seen instances in another agency, uh, the Office of the Director of National Intelligence put out a statement recently about foreign election interference in which it talked about Russia, but also China and Iran as interfering in the elections. And this prompted rebukes from Democratic lawmakers who said, look, your statements are somehow, they look like they're equating the activities of these three countries, Mm -hmm. and that by doing that, you're minimizing the far more severe and active role that Russia is playing, trying to hurt Joe Biden. China and Iran are kind of in their own categories, engaged in interference, but it's qualitatively and quantitatively different. So those allegations and that characterization that the DNI's office is sort of blurring the lines in a way to dilute the importance of the Russia story, that does track with what Brian Murphy says was going on at the Homeland Security Department, where his bosses there too were trying to get him to downplay the Russia threat, and in one instance told him to start paying more attention to China and Iran. And tell me more about what we're hearing now about those threats from Russia and how they're trying to influence the election, especially when it comes to things like mail-in voting. So I guess I would put the threat from Russia kind of in two buckets. One is the the propaganda bucket that is more being spread on social media and through kind of more traditional media channels. So there we've got, you know, Russian Twitter accounts, for instance, like bots or fake accounts that are being run, experts think, by by people in Russia that are, you know, spreading disinformation, posting about divisive topics, turning people against each other, you know, basically being menacing the way they were in 2016. Mm-hmm. Then there have also been documented cases of Russian media sources picking up either fake stories or stories that kind of have a kernel of truth and then blowing them out of proportion. So there was this really interesting example, for instance, of a video of a protester in Portland burning a Bible. Mm. And this kind of got picked up and went viral in American media. Well, experts have traced it back and found that actually some of its origins were that it was being pumped up on Russian news platforms and then kind of trickling out from there to make it sound like it was a story about protesters, plural, burning lots of Bibles in Portland, when in reality it was one protester burning a Bible. So there's that amplification. 
The second bucket, though, is what I would think of as more direct kind of targeting and disinformation. So there, what we've seen, and this has been documented both in our reporting at the Post and confirmed by the Director of National Intelligence, the Russians have been trying to get derogatory information and often false and misleading information about Joe Biden and his son Hunter Biden and his business dealings in Ukraine into the U.S. Congress. They've been actually building up dossiers and information and through a intermediary, the intelligence office thinks, handing that out to Republican staffers on the Hill and in particularly one U.S. Senator Ron Johnson. Wait, but I feel like this is all taking us back to the beginning of impeachment, right? That like the impeachment came from this alleged effort by the president to try to undermine Joe Biden and his son Hunter. Right. This isn't deja vu. This already happened once, right? I mean, you saw Ukrainian sources with links to the Kremlin pushing this information, Rudy Giuliani, the president's lawyer, going out and trying to collect it. There's this one Ukrainian lawmaker in particular named Andrei Derkhak, who we've written about extensively at The Post and who was singled out in a public statement by the director of national intelligence office as this conduit who is spreading misinformation and derogatory information about Joe Biden. And we know from reporting that he's met with Rudy Giuliani and we believe that he's given it to Senator Johnson. So this is an example cited by the DNI. Johnson has, you know, said he's investigating and he's going to release a report on Ukraine and Joe Biden. Now, you know, politically, whether that's going to be beneficial for him at all, Calling me skeptical. I mean, the impeachment seems like a lifetime ago, and it was already a very complicated story to begin with. But it's important that the DNI is pointing to that individual, this guy Jerkok in Ukraine, and saying, look, he's a conduit for information that is meant to damage Joe Biden's candidacy, and it's getting into the bloodstream, if you like, in the United States. So that's kind of another example of how the Russians are engaged in really active, aggressive measures that have a similar flavor to what they did in 2016 when they stole Democratic Party emails and leaked them in order to try to damage Hillary Clinton's campaign. So going back to this whistleblower, if he is complaining that the highest levels of the government are trying to hide or exaggerate or undermine information and intelligence about what is actually going on right now, What is actually going to happen to this complaint? Is this going to change anything? Or is this just yet another person inside the government saying that they're seeing something they think is wrong that ultimately doesn't result in any consequences? Yeah, it, it's a great question. I, it's, it's a, it, will it politically move the needle? Probably not. I mean, I'm, I'm firmly in the camp that thinking at this late stage in the race, nothing really is going to probably change a needle. But I think the reason that his complaint is important and has the potential to be more significant in the long term, is that this is not a Democratic lawmaker accusing the administration of misleading the public or withholding information or coloring information to suit a political narrative. This is a career person serving in the Homeland Security Department. He's a former FBI agent. He's worked counterterrorism cases. He, as far as we know, has no partisan dog in the fight, and he's blowing the whistle internally. But this is information that he turned over to the Department of Homeland Security's inspector general, 
It's filled with names, with dates, with specific actions. These are all things that investigators can pick up and go try to verify. And importantly, now it's been made public. Uh, and there's a House committee that also wants to interview him. So these complaints are going to be part of the record, and they are so specific, and I think are confirmed thematically by things that we've seen in other departments, by statements from the president, by actions by Republican lawmakers, that I think that this story is kind of coalescing. Now, whether it will influence anyone's opinion in the election, again, I'm doubtful, but I think it's very important for the record... As we try to assess, you know, how it is that this president and this administration have used these immensely powerful intelligence authorities and these huge government departments, you know, arguably towards political ends, which is simply anathema to how this is supposed to work. You're not supposed to use the intelligence community and the powers of government for the political assistance of the president. That is not what they're there to do. Shane Harris covers national security for The Post. That's it for this segment of Post Reports. Full episodes of our show come out every weekday afternoon. You can subscribe at postreports.com or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Martine Powers. Thanks for listening. Thank you.